Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico and right alongside of course each and every week is uh, Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning Cindy. Good morning Ted. How are we today? Well uh, much better this week uh, as most of you know if you tuned in last week we ran literally right up uh, on the gun. We run into some technical issues and had to cancel last minute so I'm very Happy that everything seems to be working so far. So I'm in a good mood this morning, Cindy. Um, we got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined here in just a moment by uh, Jim Hardy. He's the Academy Director uh, for Longleaf Golf and Family Club in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And he's going to be joining us here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, uh, Certified PGA Professional Mark Caldwell, who was supposed to be on last week. And as I said, we had to cancel real quick. Um, he's going to be joining us on the second half of the show, so you want to make sure you tune in uh, for the whole show this morning. Um, but let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern uh, time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And the best way to go is, of course, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just simply type women of golf uh, in the search key, and that will take you to the main uh, link. Uh, for some reason, if you can't join us live, just visit that page and scroll down to the on-demand section, and you can listen to whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, one of the recorded versions, and of course that will appear after the end of today's broadcast. Uh, some other great ways to tune in, go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and TalkStreamLive.com as well. And don't forget to call in any time that you want during the live broadcast and talk with either Cindy or I or any of our guests. By doing so, the number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And uh, some other great ways to reach out to either Cindy or I is to our respective emails. Cindy's is Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com. And mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And uh, this is going to be our last show of the season. Uh, We're going to be taking an extended break through the holidays, and we won't be airing back until February 5th of 2019. We're going to spend that time, obviously, with family and friends and also gearing up for next season. We're going to have a great season in 2019, so we hope you come back and join us. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about our our first guest this morning, and then uh, Cindy will bring him on. Uh, Jim Hardy, as I mentioned, he's the Academy Director uh, for Longleaf Golf and Family Club in Southern Pines, North Carolina, and he's also a U.S. Kids Golf Certified Coach, and as well as a PGA Professional. Um, And as a teacher, Hardy uh, creates fun and enjoyable learning experience while bringing students the technical, mental, and physical aspects of the game to meet each individual needs. Uh, he served as a coach for the first tee and as an instructor and board member uh, of the LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program while in Houston. Uh, 80% of his students were under the age of 18. As a player, Jim played in the PGA Professional uh, National Championship and loves to compete, but uh, he gets his biggest thrill when he can say learning has occurred. 
this is a phrase he uses often during golf instruction, which in his words is a code for making a connection uh, with his students. So, Cindy, let's welcome this morning our very first uh, special guest, Jim Hardy. Good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you're here with us. I'm glad to be here, and, and if Mark Caldwell is coming on later, you have a lot of Texas on this show today, so it ought to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You are not – you're both my new BFFs. I didn't know these two people, uh, Ted, but I had the opportunity to hang out with them for four days in Pinehurst at the Longleaf Family Golf Club, and holy cow, are these two guys awesome. So, Ted, why don't you start it off? All right, sounds good. Well, you know, that's the one great thing, Cindy, very quickly uh, before we start talking with Jim, is that's one of the great things about this game is it's a, a great opportunity to meet some new friends and uh, new acquaintances. So uh, that's one of the reasons why you listeners out there need to take up this game if you're not currently playing. So um, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Jim, let me just sort of follow up on on the last uh, little bit that we talked about in your bio here and that is really about the uh, learning experience and and learning something uh, through this game and obviously this is something that's important for you to uh, make sure that happens in your golf instruction not just about learning how to play the game but just other things as well so there's a lot of personalities uh, obviously out there when we're dealing with different students and they can certainly affect uh, the learning environment. So touch a little bit on that, if you don't mind. Um, what some of the things that you're trying to get across to your students, and obviously when you're dealing with different personalities, how does that affect uh, the learning environment? Excellent question. Um, so I would start off by saying that um, the niche that that I'm very much involved with is the entry-level golfer, typically kids, um, in my environment, but the entry-level golfer who's never, ever played, who is dipping their toe in the water, so to speak, and trying out golf. Um, and so we've, um, as instructors throughout the years, we've done a really good job at teaching the people who are already engaged and enthusiastic about golf. We're very good about teaching them, um, but we haven't done such a great job at teaching the absolute beginner and making it interesting for them. And so our mantra here is we make golf fun enough long enough till they can't get enough. And um, in doing so, what we're trying to do is make sure that, that golf, which is really not a very fun game to learn sometimes, um, especially right. if you're a kid, um, we, we try to make it as fun as possible by using what we call games-based learning, which is um, not, not, it's not a new um, concept, but, but we feel like that we're perfecting it. Um, here with U.S. Kids Golf and at our living laboratory, the Longleaf Golf and Family Club. Uh, but to go on further with your with your question about the different personalities, we feel like that there's four major personality drivers or motivators um, in 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 humans. Um, um, one being a um, kind of a challenger, a goal-oriented, uh, dominant type personality. Um, uh, your next guest, Mark and Cindy, and I share that. Um, as one of our main motivators. Um, uh, the second um, main motivator is extroversion, and those are people who are, um, they roll out of bed really looking to increase and improve the, the uh, relationships that they have in their lives. And so those are the very friendly, talkative people um, 
um, that, that will come to our golf clinics or, or classes. Um, the next is really probably the majority of the human race, which is really interested in security and harmony. Um, um, we call that a pace patience trait. And then the last is uh, um, a uh, percentage of the, the population that is interested in certainty. They would be uh, very information driven. And so anytime you do a group class, which is what we specialize in, group classes for kids, you have to have a little something for everybody. You have to be able to challenge the challengers. You have to be able to let the extroverts make friends with each other. And you have to uh, make sure that you have something that's tried and true and, and dependable um, for the people that are interested in security and harmony. And then you have to give plenty of information to satisfy the people who are information junkies, if you will. And so right. um, that, presents a, that presents a challenge, um, but um, um, we feel like that we meet it with our program. We have a little player pathway uh, program where we have booklets that show pictures that have light text that moves into heavier text. And so we actually can satisfy all four of those motivators. Do you think, uh, Jim, let me just do a follow-up on that, and then, Cindy, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, is it possible to be a little of, of, say, the first two? Could you be somewhere in between? Is that uh, uh, something that you see as well, or are there four dis uh, distinct uh, personalities, and you either fit into one um, and not sort of mesh into to two of them? Boy, that'd be nice if it, was, if it was clean and cut like that, but we're actually a mix of all four. Um, um, okay. you know, we all have that, that first trait, the challenger trait, it's either kind of above our baseline or it's below our baseline. And if it's above our baseline, we're, we're kind of hard charging front runners. Um, if it's below our baseline, we're, we're willing to join the team and be collaborative. Um, same thing with the extrovert introvert trait. If it's above the line, you're very friendly and outgoing. And if it's below the line, it takes a while for you to warm up to people. So we're typically... We're typically a mix of two of those qualities or, or attributes above the line, our baseline, and then two that are below. Um, and so hmm. um, if you've ever had an argument with yourself, it's because you're, yeah. you're actually <laughs> having that argument. Your, your challenger instinct is having an argument with your security instinct, for example. So anyway, so that's pretty deep. But the, the whole idea with what we do is that <laughs> we just want to make sure – we just want to make sure that we are attractive – to all four um, um, when, we're, when we're delivering a golf lesson. If I stood up there and talked on and on and on about the grip and some guy named Ben Hogan, I would lose a majority of my class. I would, I would have some of my class, though, sitting on the edge of their seat, hanging on every word, but some I would lose completely. So you have to be able to mix in um, a, a little bit of challenge, a little bit of friendliness, a little bit of security, like I say, and, and just enough information to whet the appetite of the info people. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What um, sparked you to learn about all these different behaviors? Well, the, the, interestingly, um, um, as, you, as you guys know and your listeners probably know, there's two Jim Hardys. Uh, you're probably just getting to know me. Uh, the other Jim Hardy was our 2007 National PGA Teacher of the Year, and, and he's actually a very good friend of mine. We're not related, but he, um, 
he has mentored me for a long, long time in terms of teaching. And one of the first things that, um, that he taught me uh, after he taught me some basics about teaching is, is that you really need to know the customer or the student in front of you because, you know, um, one misstep, one wrong, you know, if I challenge somebody who's very security driven, I, he's probably or she's probably not going to come back and be a student of mine. So I have to be able to to read, get a feel for the student in front of me so that I don't head down the wrong path on accident and chase them off. Hmm. So the, so the, the, the very first time that I was uh, um, introduced to this was actually at a teaching and coaching summit where a woman named Jennifer Monroe did, did the profile on all of the people that were at this summit. There was about 40 coaches there and, um, and it was incredibly eye-opening because some of the people that I'd known for a long time, um, I could guess what they were going to be. And then, and then just being able to understand um, those motivators, it was very easy for me to get to know some of the other people that I, that I really wanted to get to know. So um, it's just, you know, it's kind of another, as a teacher, I want to be able to, you know, make a shallow swing steep or make a steep swing shallow. Um, uh, in order to get the next ball better. But I also want to be able to hold that student's attention long enough to where I can get that accomplished. Um, and, and, in, and in some cases, I can look back early in my teaching career where I, I'm, because I'm a challenger, because I'm, I'm high in that uh, what we call a red uh, profile, um, I'm just challenging everybody, which won't work. Um, it, wor it would work for you, Cindy, but it wouldn't work for um, – uh, a majority of the population, so I have to tone that down and and make sure that I'm um, uh, just aware of where the student's coming from. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and that, yeah, and that's again, you know, needless to say, you know that I'm certified in this as well, and it's so important because you have to be able to communicate with your students and speak their language and not your your own. Got to be student centered. So let me ask you, why did you take the leap of faith and move from Houston? to Pinehurst? Well, I was in a situation where my little junior golf academy in Houston was at a uh, semi-private, mostly private 27-hole facility, and it kind of had, I'd kind of grown as big as I could get there, and so I was actually looking around. I thought I would actually move a few miles away to a, um, a golf course called Black Horse uh, Golf Club that the other Jim Hardy designed, but I just kind of put the feelers out there and, and, um, and found out that U.S. Kids Golf had purchased Longleaf Golf Club then, it was called, that we changed it to Longleaf Golf and Family Club, and they were looking for someone to start an academy here. And so um, it was just super, super good timing for me to, to make the move and come up here and, and get this academy started from zero. Um, I really had a cool uh, assignment in the beginning. Um, they asked me to come and start an academy, use the curriculum that they had in place at the time, um, uh, according to Hoyle, um, in other words, by the book, and break it, break it if I could, and then, and then um, tweak it and then add to it. And so we've, we, uh, as a result, three and a half years later, we've, uh, we're, this year we'll see um, uh, right around 450 individual kids throughout the year. Um, we've um, added um, uh, levels one through five of our curriculum, and we're working on level six through ten. Um, and we've created 
that niche that I talked talked about earlier, which is to introduce this game to non golfers in a way that gets them deep enough into it to where they can golf for life. Uh, because after they've finished our level five in our player pathway, um, they they um, are about to break a hundred. They're, uh, they have some, some knowledge of etiquette. They have some knowledge of rules. They know where the pro shop is. They know how to check in. They, they kind of know their way around the golf course, um, sometimes as young as five and six years old. So uh, wow. it, it has been uh, wonderful to be a part of this living laboratory here and get to try new things and, and be a part of, uh, hopefully, uh, making a big impact on the game of golf. That is so awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. Um, Jim, let me ask you something real quick here um, about the program now that you're, you're running there. Are you seeing um, a shift in the students? You, you're saying that you're expecting about, you know, 450 uh, kids coming through uh, the, the program this season coming up. Um, is there a shift in... Um, seeing more young girls coming in now than what you did say in previous years? Are you starting to see, because it, you know, as we look at the stats out there now in the golf industry, they say that roughly about a third to 35% uh, are young girls getting into golf. Are you seeing that trend as well in the programs that you're running? We're, we're definitely seeing more girls, but as a percentage, the boys is that they're actually growing a little bit faster because of the concussion issues out there. So, Right. Um, even though we're seeing more and more girls, but as a percentage of the whole, it's, it is um, probably rising a little bit on the boys' side because they're getting away from uh, contact sports um, just, to, just to avoid the concussion issues. Um, so um, um, so it's, it's interesting. Our, our, we have a class on Friday that's girls only, and it's my favorite class because um, mostly because there's not – you know, smelly eight-year-old boys running around, but um, they're they're just so much they're just so much fun, and they help each other, right? The, the 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 boys tend to just compete each other compete each other to into the ground, and the girls start to help each other out. The older girls help the younger girls a little bit more, and um, it's it's uh, it's, it's a fun class. Wow, <laughs> that's good. Um, let me just ask one other thing, and then see, I'll throw it back to you again. Um, you know, you, you talked about the, the differences in personalities and how important it is to teach, uh, you know, a little something to everybody. Do you think that the industry, and I'm talking about golf instruction, obviously, um, for a long time did the opposite with sort of pigeonholing everybody into sort of one category and one way, you know, thought process. And now there's, the industry is starting to realize because of the different personalities um, having to change the way that they approach their students, and how important um, is it to really do that that initial assessment with the student? Well, I would say that the golf industry is starting to wake up to this. But the interesting thing is, is that I'm involved in a couple of different online, um, sorry, like Facebook groups of different coaches, uh, some that are really involved with uh, the technology that they like to use all the technology possible and some that are kind of more old school they don't like to use so much of the technology and and the 
The interesting thing about that is, is that some of the fights can be very entertaining to watch teachers fighting with each other about who's right. And, and right. knowing what I know about the personalities, I'm just sitting back and saying, well, you're both right. Um, you're just seeing it from a different angle. You know, the people that yep. are, um, that are very technical oriented are the ones that are high in the, in the certainty, the conformity, the information, uh, group. And, um, and I think that's a little bit unfortunate because that's not a huge majority of the population. Um, but those people are the ones that are uh, sometimes they're, they're promoted as the ones who know the most because they've spent the most money on technology. Um, when in reality, right. in the beginning anyways, especially in the beginning, um, you know, we use terms like uh, brush the grass and, and Y to L. Um, we don't talk about D plane or angle of attack or things like that because that's just not necessary. So I think in a lot of ways, the 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 folks that are very information driven um, muddy the waters a little bit for the beginner because they make it sound really really complicated. And this game is it's not easy, um, but it is very simple. It's a stick in a ball game, and we can get the ball from point A to point B, um, and and learn how to do that in fewer strokes without knowing, you know, the exact angle of approach of my left hand at midway down on the downswing. I really don't need to know that in the beginning. I may not ever need to know. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, that's, a, that that's a great question, point. But... No, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Um, and, and that's really what I was getting at. You know, Cindy and I have had discussions, um, you know, many times on the show about really keeping things simple uh, for the students that, you know, if you're getting too technical and too, uh, and obviously, as you said, there are some personalities that want a little bit more, uh, meet with the potatoes, if you will, but um, the majority of them are not. And I think this, you lose a lot of students' interest if you come across uh, too technical and too much information, especially early on in, in their, uh, you know, their golfing uh, career, if you will, or, or uh, adaptiveness to golf, because they, they just get turned off. It just becomes very confusing. And, and golf can be uh, hard enough as it is without having to add all of that extra information in there. Um, Cindy, uh, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead if you've got some other questions for Jim. So tell us about the five levels and how our listeners could find out more about U.S. Kids Golf and the academies. So, so we call that program the STAR program, and it, um, like you mentioned, it's got five levels. Uh, level one is um, absolute entry level. You've never touched a club before in your life, and um, it, it – uh, creates uh, um, what we call the forms um, for uh, holding a putter, holding a golf club, making a golf swing, making a putt. Um, and so we, we actually use um, um, this philosophy when we teach this STAR program, and, and that is that we teach very lightly. Then we go play a game that increases the skill that we're after. For example, when we're teaching beginner putting, we create a tic-tac-toe board on the putting green, and we have the kids play tic-tac-toe with uh, five balls each of a different color, and they stand around um, the tic-tac-toe board, and they put their ball into the board. And, and by doing so, without ever mentioning it, we're teaching them how to um, control the distance and direction of their golf ball on the ground. So they make a tic-tac-toe. Hmm. They've just controlled the distance and direction of their golf ball on the ground three times with purpose without me ever telling them that that's what they're doing. Here's a game. Let's go play it. Here's how to hold the club. 
here's how to swing the club, let's go play a game. So we teach very lightly. Then we play games that increase the skill that we're after. So we're not playing games just for the sake of playing games. We're pretty clever about the games that we play in order to increase the skill. If we're teaching chipping or pitching or bunker shots or full swing, um, we're, we're playing a game that increases that skill and solving the problem that each of those shots gives us. Um, and so after that, we measure and award pins. We have a pin system here that, for example, for a level one putting pin, all you have to be able to do is make three out of five two-foot putts and two-putt three out of five times from 10 feet, and you earn your level one um, putting pin. And so we teach lightly. We play games that increase the skill. We measure and award pins, and then we always have a next. And the next would be, you know, level one around the green and level one full swing and level one um, to knowledge is what we call it, just to be fun with the kids. Um, and, and then scoring. So the scoring requirement is to make a six from 50 yards a few times. And, and then we move on to level two. So the, the player pathway really is a way to take a kid or an adult and bring them from never having played in their life to enjoying the very first day of golf and becoming a better golfer uh, up to whatever point they want. You know, if they want to be very good and play at school, we can go that far. If they, uh, once they get through level five, if that's enough for them and they just want to play from time to time during school. And then once they get out of school, they get a job and then they become a paying uh, customer, which is exactly what we were trying to build in the first place. So um, um, let's see, what's the, uh, so we, we teach lightly. We play games that increase the skill. We measure and award pins. We always have a next. And we get on the golf course as fast as we can. Um, one of the problems that we've seen in the past is, is that uh, a new golfer may spend a year on the driving range in the putting green and never get out on the golf course, which makes it very difficult to then connect the dots. So we try to connect the dots right away from a very short distance, 50 yards for our beginner students, um, and give them six shots to complete the hole from 50 yards. Um, which is which is m matching the challenge to their current skill level, um, and so um, and then we also get the parents involved. If there's if it's a kid, if it's a young student, we always try to get the parents involved and make them our co-coach, so that we're all on the same page. And I often will tell the parents who are uh, hovering around, uh, who are trying to help, that it's important that you help out, but never say anything that you haven't heard us say or read in your booklet. Don't add, keep your head down and your left arm straight because you won't see that or hear that from us. Hmm. So, Very good. That's, that's, um. that's the two-minute <laughs> version. <laughs> so let me just ask you, Jim, uh, just about that last little bit because that's something else that Cindy and I have talked a lot about on the show is that sort of hovering parent. Um, you know, if, if you get the child that's maybe – one of the other and not the first um, category of personalities, not, you know, more of a challenger, but their parents are, how do you, how do you sort of have that dividing line and not, you know, when you've got sort of very assertive, very aggressive parents who want to just jump in and do everything, um, how do you find balance with that? Because obviously that can be very intimidating for the student, for the child. Yes. Um, and it can make it not fun. It really can spoil the, spoil the fun for the child. Um, and not only golf, but any sport. Um, and so 
uh, U.S. Kids Golf has a partnership with the Positive Coaching Alliance, which uh, has a couple of wonderful tools, uh, one being that they um, have created some online courses. Um, uh, one is uh, becoming a double goal coach, and the other is to become a second goal parent. So as a double goal coach, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in your, your child getting as good as they can get um, winning if that's what they want. I'm, I'm the X's and O's person for, for that part of it. My secondary goal as your kid's golf coach is to try to help you teach life lessons like honesty, integrity, persistence, perseverance, things like that. Um, um, but that's the parent's main goal. And so what's difficult for a golf coach to, to do um, um, is to have a conversation with a parent um, um, because we, we haven't up until now, we really haven't had the tool to have that, that conversation, but we do now. And so I'll actually go to them and I'll just say, hey, look, uh, I know that every parent wants the best for and from their child, so I know your heart's in the right place, but you're doing it wrong. Let me help you do it correctly. And so then I get them and more involved in um, helping us learn the life lessons that are available in any sport, but particularly golf, um, and and then they, they can become my co-coach on the other things. What I don't want them to do is add things to the, to, the, um, to the mix in terms of the grip, the stance, the swing. I don't really want them adding anything new, but I do want them helping me reinforce what, what we've showed them or what we've taught them. So right. it's a difficult conversation to have because you're, you're you know, and that's the problem that, that has happened in the past where, you know, some of our college coaches think that the best recruit is an orphan because there's no parents involved. Um, but the reality is, is that the parents are the ones who write the checks. The parents are the ones who give them the rides to, to and from golf class. And so um, we want the parents to be involved. Um, and what we've found is, is that kids who are having fun doing what they're doing um, get better at it, stay engaged at it longer, and um, and um, and show proficiency faster while they're having fun. Um, the problem sometimes is is that the kid shows some some talent um, for a game, and some of the parents say, "Okay, well here's my ticket to college," and we jump on board with that. Um, and that it may be the case; they may can get a college scholarship, but um, if the if the parent turns it into work instead of fun for a kid, then they'll probably burn out and not, not get the scholarship. Right. Um, Jim, just as we wrap up the, this segment here, do you want to let, as Cindy had asked, do you want to let the uh, listeners know uh, if they're interested in maybe learning more or, or maybe getting in touch with you, how they can go about doing that? So um, um, you can go to uh, longleafgfc.com. That's our Longleaf website, or uskidsgolf.com. That's our main U.S. Kids Golf website. Um, and then my academy website is uskidsgolfacademy.com. Um, so you can see what we do there, and all of our contact information is there, and, um, as well as our programming and, and schedule. Um, so I'm happy to, happy to have any of your listeners call or, or contact me if they have any questions on how we do things here. Love to, love to help that out. Perfect. Well, Jim, we want to take this opportunity to and I to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. We appreciate your time very much, and we have you, hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thank you. And, and, and have fun with Mark Caldwell. <laughs> we will. 
We will. All right. And uh, speaking of which, uh, let me just, Cindy, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about Mark, and then we'll bring him in and, and get him to join in the conversation. Uh, as Jim very eloquently pointed out, our next guest, of course, is going to be Mark uh, Caldwell. He was actually supposed to be on last week, and unfortunately we ran into, as I mentioned earlier, a, a very last-minute uh, technical issue, so we had to cancel. And we're very glad that he was able to uh, reschedule and come on uh, uh, this morning's show. Uh, Mark is a certified PGA professional and founder of Total Golf Performance, LLC. Uh, he is also the director of instruction at Canyon Springs Golf Club in San Antonio. Uh, he's a U.S. Uh, Kids Golf Certified Coach and a certified, as I mentioned, PGA professional. Uh, he's been recognized as a U.S. Kids Golf Top 50 Kids Teacher, honorable mention, uh, three times and named U.S. Kids Golf Top 50 in 2017. Also in 2006 and 2011, uh, he was recognized as the Southern Texas PGA Western Champion, uh, Chapters Junior Golf Leader. Uh, this is an award, of course, that's given to the PGA professional who is a leader in the promotion and development of junior golf. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our uh, second very special guest this morning, Mark Caldwell. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Hey, Cindy, how are you? Great, sweetie. How are you? I'm doing great. Just another fine day in South Texas. <laughs> We've had two of well, Mark, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if you guys can handle two Texans in the same day. Yeah. I think we can handle about anything. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do our best. Um Mark, let me just uh, very quickly uh I'll I'll start things off here and then then Cindy. Um uh, one of the things obviously you as well as as Jim before you uh are very um really want to work through junior golf and, and really help grow the game. And that's obviously the best place to do it. Um, how do you make golf more fun and less stressful for amateurs? Because there's a lot of amateurs out there that, you know, I'm sure we've all talked to and they're just overwhelmed. And Jim sort of pointed out eloquently in his first uh, part of a discussion about how sometimes we can get too technical and too involved in our teaching uh, and actually can result in a bit of a turnoff. So what do you do um, with your, uh, teaching and that to sort of make golf a little bit more fun and sort of tone down the stress level, if you will, for, for some of your, your junior golfers, particularly. Well, one of to me, one of the, one of the easiest ways to over, uh, to, to kind of combat this is to keep the game fun. I, um, I always work in group training. Um, and by doing so that you're, you're pairing up your juniors with other, uh, players that are like skill, like age, um, they may go to the same elementary school or the same middle school, but, you know, keeping them out of a, you know, you got to think that they've been in, they've been in class all day long and now we're going to throw them in a situation where it's a stressful one-on-one situation. To me, that doesn't work very well. Um, putting them in a group environment to where you can pair them up uh, seems to work a lot better. But one of the things that we do um, is that we, we make the kids, the other kids, so we, we bring them into the program. So one of the great things that U.S. Kids Golf offers is the learning pathways. So if I've got level two kids, I may have a level two player coach and help another level two player. And now we're bringing both of them into the game from both a player and a coaching perspective. And it's yeah, you, you just and I mean Cindy knows you you got to love when you hear another kid say, no, your grip has to be like this. See, look, this is a picture. You know, you need to follow the hot dog in the bun grip. You'll hit the ball better. So it's, you know, 
in, involving the players as much as possible because you, you don't want it to be a stressful activity and in golf is not easy and the more technical we get you know even with adults we see players that when you get technical about things they tend to shut down and the mind doesn't allow the freedom that's needed to make a proper athletic motion yeah exactly and that's really what jim was was mentioning earlier as well is that you know obviously you have different personalities and there are some out there that uh, that do like a little bit more, uh, you know, technical information, but that really represents a very small percentage of, of our golfers out there. And I think, you know, as I pointed out uh, earlier as well, that for a long time the industry really got wrapped up uh, in this technology, and there's nothing wrong when it's put in its proper place, but it can be very daunting and overwhelming, especially, you know, if we're trying to, and I hate to use this analogy, but kind of showing off with what we know about the technology uh, we have to remember that the student wasn't there, you know, when we got the demonstration or the instruction about it. So they're kind of looking at it like a deer in headlights. Um, how do you find that balance with technology and, and in your instruction, not using too much, but at the same time taking advantage of some of the great programs and, and opportunities out there? You know, Ted, I think one of the best things a coach can do is learn how to communicate correctly to your players and even if it's in a group environment and you've got different mindsets of the game or if you're working with individual players or high level amateur players you've got to find a way to communicate those terms to them to where they can process it correctly if we start getting into a lot of technical terms you know they may you know finish the lesson go jump in their car and, and try to google search what we just said that's not productive. Right. That's, that's confusing. So I mean, you have to be able, you have to be very adaptive to each individual person, regardless if you're in a group environment or a private environment. Yeah, that, that's a great point, um, Cindy. Uh, I know you've got some questions for Mark as well. Mark, do you only teach juniors? No, 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 no. I, we teach everybody. I even teach myself. <laughs> Um, no, we do. Uh, we 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 teach all ages. We do uh, junior programs. We do adult programs. We do individual, private, adults. We do group, uh, lady group programs. Um, we offer free clinics on the weekends. So we actually um, we pretty much cover we pretty much cover the the, the game from early ages to um, whoever's willing, whoever whoever wants to come out and have some fun and learn. We're there for them. You, but you did mention that you only teach in group format. Is that true, or do you, t- you only teach kids in group format? Well, we do. I do both, um, Cindy. So, in our, we do adult group programs on the weekends for both men and women, and then we do our junior group programs during the week. So, um, I try to pair up people as much as possible um encourage them to bring a friend out anything to do to take off the the anxiety of kind of coming into that lesson it's kind of like going to the doctor we never really want to go but we have to it's like when we get a golf right. lesson you know we really need we need a we need a golf lesson but man i'm, I'm just i haven't been playing very well and i don't feel comfortable i'm not going to ask the right questions so a lot of times you know drag a friend out with you and and to help them get kind of open up and ask the questions and give us the feedback that we need so we can address the issues in their game. Awesome. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's a great, great point as well. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Tell us about the ropes. <laughs> All right. So this I is probably absolutely love this. This this is probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, and talking about getting uh, your mindset and both your 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 body from an athletical standpoint and your mind to just completely get checked at the door and stay away from the practice tee. Um, so Michael Romatowski has has uh, developed a program called Mach 3 Training, and it is we call it the Rope Rodeo. And we've got about 10 stations, <laughs> and each one of these stations, I mean, and it's it's a riot. I mean, when when you get you know 25 to 30 kids going through a 10 station Rope Rodeo, um, it is it is enlightening. It is fun. You're seeing the body move athletically that. You know, we're not, and we're not talking technical here, guys. We're saying, okay, what? For example, um, we have a, a station called the Stagecoach, and it's two 50-foot ropes. And within the ropes, they have handles, and the handles are just PVC lock pipe that's flexible. And it's a battle rope drill. And you get athletic, and you get your arms moving, and then all of a sudden, you start watching the wave of the rope go from one end to the other. And 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 then from a from a from a coaching standpoint, you're looking at this going, God, that looks like fun. And you walk over there and you try to do it with the kids, and you get just totally winded because you just got your breath knocked out because it was so hard to do. And and then you're like, Holy, wow, that was amazing. And then and then you know you 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 take them over and you get them into the black mamba, which is the black mamba again. It's another fifty foot rope with a uh, I think it's a three foot PVC pipe with another flex handle on it. And what the the mamba does is that you you get the club to the top of the swing and you pause, and all of a sudden that rope just has a little bit of resistance to get you loaded into the golf swing. And once you say okay, fire that rope as hard as you can, you can you will see instantly. If a player's path is over the top or under the plane immediately, and if they're over the top, you're going to see the rope jump differently than you do when you see a player staying underneath the plane. And any player I have that gets over the top, we're on the black mamba, and it is a non. All, all I'm saying is, hey, pick this thing up, take it to the top, and hold it, and then I want you to try to throw the rope as hard as you can. And then all of a sudden, his path is underneath the plane. And after about 15 minutes of doing this, we go over there and tee up a shot, and all of a sudden he hits his first draw, and he goes, how'd I do that? And I go, I don't know. How did you do that? <laughs> what did I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything technical to you. Did I say we, we have to change our path from in to out, and the club base has to be closed? No. I said, pick up this rope, and let's throw it. Let's see what we can do. But the stations are phenomenal. Um, I It's, you know, it's you got to love it when the kids come out, and it's funny. I mean, the group that comes out on our Tuesday night for our speed class that Mike conducts for us, it's the largest group I have, and we're trying to find more. You know, I had a kid uh, two – what was it? Three weeks ago, I had a couple of PVC pipes laying around and some flex pipe, and I look up, and all of a sudden he's taking the flex pipe, and he's jamming the PVC pipe onto it, and I'm like screaming <laughs> – no in slow motion <laughs> because once it's on, it's on. And and Romo goes over there and he goes, Hey, let me see that. He goes, Oh my God, this is awesome. We got a new we got a new drill. And then all of a sudden we have a 
completely new, new drill that totally moves the body differently than anything that we could say from a technical standpoint. And we're we're wow. we've talked we've had some of the we uh, Ted it is it's just, it is it may be the stupidest stuff you've ever seen in the golf game and the <laughs> golf swing because but all works. we're asking you to do yeah I mean all we're all we're asking you to do is that we want your speed to go out in front of you we don't want we you know you take a, a major league pitcher he doesn't go into his wind up and stops at transition. There's no force behind it. There's no speed behind or velocity behind the golf or the, the baseball. In, in golf, for some reason, in our minds, we put all of this energy in our backswing, and we just want to dump the golf club at the ball. Well, we're halfway there, people. Where's the other side of that golf swing? So the rope drills train you to to push your speed out in front of you. And we actually had a another instructor come down um i don't know about a month ago and he did something very unique he he took his uh speed radars and he put three or four of them in sequence to the golf swing out in front of you so he had one at the ball he had put one on top of a of a range basket upside down which was about a foot past impact then he put another one on two buckets another foot out in front of the golf swing and he was recording his swing speed can you believe that that swing from impact forward improved almost eight to nine percent more as he finished the golf swing wow so when we're looking at club head speed and we're seeing all this club head speed and this data going at the ball i want to know what you're doing through the ball don't don't dump your speed out at the ball so where Romatowski's program teaches you to swing and generate your speed in front of you, and we have we have enough drills and enough um, components of what we're trying to accomplish to to literally satisfy everything in the golf swing. Um, the my favorite is probably the Velociraptor. Just a flex pipe on a water. Yeah, we've got some of the. I don't know where he comes up with these names, but he has this. He 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 has this. I think he's watched Jurassic Park way too many times, because everything is dinosaur related. So the Velociraptor, right. um, the Velociraptor can teach your. If you've got a player, a really good player who's working on his hand pass and he's trying to figure out how he wants to exit impact to hit cuts and to hit high draws and just try to hit, you know, a controlled stock shot. We have a way of training that without being technical. If I, you know, if we put him on a track man or a flight scope and say, okay, your, your face to path and exit pattern has to be X. And he's sitting here trying to hit golf balls and he can never get there because he just, he, he just can't comprehend where his body is supposed to be going well when you take a 50 foot water hose throw some weight on it and tell him to finish left we just say finish left or finish low you know finish medium finish high and then all of a sudden you're creating shot patterns that i i can literally have i can guarantee you ted if you came out tomorrow Never seen you hit a golf ball before. Don't know if you're left-handed or right-handed. I can tell you in 30 minutes or less, you're going to improve a minimum five miles an hour club head speed. Wow, that's incredible. 
And you you know and if someone says that in yeah I mean if someone says that in the industry they're going to look at you and go you're crazy. We have a we have almost uh, close to 21 months of data now of every age group from kids to 65 year old 70 year old players. I don't care if you're left handed or right handed. I don't care if you've had titanium rods offset the, your spine and you're concerned about your mobility you will move faster. You know, what's, what's really interesting, I, th- I find it very fascinating, and, and that was a great question to throw out there because I, I didn't, never knew of this, uh, th- you know, that Mark, that you guys were doing this. And I, what I really like about it is the fact that you're not getting so technical. I, I'm a big proponent. I love technology and I love all of this stuff out there. Um, but sometimes the simplest things that you can do to relay the information that you want ends up getting the best results. And, you know, what it sounds like what you guys have done with the program and, and having these different stations, and I like the fact that it's Jurassic Park sort of uh, theme, if you will, um, just adds to, to the fun, especially when you're dealing with kids. Um, but they're not only ingraining the feel of what they need to have to execute these different shots – uh, properly, but now they have a visual cue that when they're out in the golf course, they can think about you know um, some of these different stations that they were in. They can use that as a, as a mental cue in knowing what to do. Like they can go back to what they did on on you know station one as an example uh, that that helped them hit that draw, let's say. And so now they can yeah. mimic that without having to have a lot of thought process. Do you see that uh, Here. as a uh, way of happening that is that is that is that is as 100 percent accurate of anything that you could do in the golf swing and that's in in and so think about that same scenario and you're you're working with a player in block style training and you've got an alignment or you've got a training aid on the ground and you're trying to say okay we need you to change your path where you don't hit the training aid you know you're not going right. to swing at your fullest ability because you're more concerned about hitting the training aid than than executing the golf shot. Well, that's where we free up that mental that mental side. I mean, we we want we are it's you know Romo is always talking. We are non technical. The only thing I want you thinking about is that your speed is out in front of you. Right. And when we get and, and once you free that up, I mean, it is fascinating. Mm. I just right. have to make exactly. a comment because the the comparison is. You know, what's your angle of attack, the D-plane, the this, the that. And, and I've I got to tell you that, you know, people that are high C personalities are the analytical ones who want all the data. You don't play golf that way. So right. what you are teaching is you have to play right-brained. And I know right around the corner from you is Deborah Graham and John Stabler of, you know, golf yeah. sites. And I'm golf psych certified, and I got news for you. You know, I, I can do all the things, but when that mind meter is way too high, and John Stabler says, Cindy, back off, what's happening is my left brain is going, wait, do this, do this, do this. You can't play golf like that. So you're teaching yeah. the right thing. I must tell you that I have a, um, one of the dads of, the, of one of my students played professional baseball and I told him about these rules. I know what those are. Oh my God, they're great. 
So he made me a pack, which you still owe me a couple of them, Mark. I know, sweetheart. Uh, (laughs) um, But we did a video, Ted, you got to go to my Instagram, at Cindy Miller Golf. And and these kids had so much fun the other day. And I, I was like, okay, show me how to do these. And it was so much fun. And I had a couple parents say, well, I want to do that. I Well, so do I. You know, and I've tried to buy yardage everywhere. So Caldwell, if I hit it 10 yards farther, it's all because of you. <laughs> That's awesome. You, the, you know, the cool thing is that the parents do sit back and watch this, and they, they're like, I'm, this will help my game. You know? Absolutely. And it's it's um, – you know, it's funny. I had Romo come out the other day because I'm like, you got to. I, I need labels on each one of the the, the drills because I can't remember the names of some of these things because they're they're so funny. But you know, Cindy, um, one of those that you'll have when you start thinking about how your your wrist goes in owner and deviated uh, deflections, and watch how the wrists move in um, the fl- like with one of the flex pipes on the rope. And you're literally going to see a wrist go in flexion and extension, radial deviation, ulnar deviation, all at the same time. And when we're trying to teach that in the golf swing, you, you're 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 lost. You're done. You're like, oh, I'm here in the back swing and I'm in la la land because I do not know where my golf club is. Well, we we say let's grab the rope and let's go through this. Duplicate that feel. So swing, awesome. swing as fast as you want. But, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, Golf Psych is an amazing program, and I've gone through all of their uh, – I've gone through all of their programs, and I'm the same way. When my mind starts berserk, I don't perform very well, and I've never met someone that has performed very well when their left side of their brain is going berserk. Yeah, yeah you know, Mark, too – yeah, that's a great point because you see a lot of times, even in the, at the pro level, you see a, a very analytical golfer out in the golf course um, where they're, you can tell they're thinking too much. And nine times out of ten, their game starts falling apart um, because they are you know, very analytical and, and they're in their thought process. And, you know, Cindy, as you pointed out, you can't play that way. That, that's fantastic. I, I like that. was a great, interesting story that you shared on how um, you're using – um, the the ropes to, uh, to to teach. I think it's fantastic. Um, Mark, we we got to unfortunately we got to let you go. But uh, if you want to just take a moment or two just to share with the audience um, how they can learn more about that, how they can reach out to you if they want to uh, uh, to contact you. Awesome. A uh, couple of things you can uh, reach out to me through the uh, Canyon Springs Golf website there in San Antonio, and then um, feel free to uh, follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, at uh, MJ Caldwell PGA. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out and send me a message, I'll get you hooked up with uh, Michael Romatowski. He's also on Facebook uh, at Michael Romatowski uh, Golf Fitness. Um, it's, you know, it's some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen. Um, non-technical training results are through the roof. And, you know, lastly, it's fun going to work knowing that we're going to do these classes each day. It's fun. And that's really what it's all well, about, you're the is having fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, Mark, we want to thank you for, for joining uh, us on our last show of the season. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break and won't be coming back out until the new year. But uh, thank you for, uh, for clearing your schedule and, uh, and coming out uh, this morning and, and uh, chatting with us. A very interesting conversation, and we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
Hey, I appreciate it, Ted. Cindy, you guys rock. I appreciate you having me on. You guys have great holidays. and uh, Look forward to uh, hearing from you guys in the future. Thanks, All right, honey. sounds good, Mark. All right, All right guys, thank you. Bye. All right, that was our very special guest, um, Mark uh, Caldwell. And, of course, before him was Jim Hardy. We want to thank both of them again for giving of their time this morning on this last show. And, Cindy, I'm just going to uh, make a, a short little uh, announcement here before we, we uh, wrap up for the season. You know, 2018 has been an incredible year. Uh, Cindy, I want to take this opportunity to thank all of our listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning into the Women of Golf show uh, each and every week. Uh, we do take a great amount of pleasure and enjoyment in having some highly talented players uh, coaches and teaching professionals, authors, and even entrepreneurs stop by the show. And it's really, you know, Cindy, I think you would agree, it's through their participation and guest appearances that have helped make uh, the Women of Golf a first-class show. So we hope you'll join Cindy and I next season, beginning February 5th, uh, 2019, here on the Women of Golf show. Um, we're going to take, as I said, a little bit of a break. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and certainly want to God bless to all each and every one of you out there. Thank you very much for all your continued support and we look forward to having you back uh, with us next season. In the meantime, you can go to uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and you can listen to all of the shows, including this morning's show in its entirety uh, in the recorded version, or you can also uh, check us out at itunes.com, stitcher.com, tunein.com, and talkstreamlive.com as well if you want to uh, listen to the shows uh, while we're on our break. So, Cindy, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, love you to death. And I just hope you and, and Alan and the rest of the Miller family have a safe and happy holiday. Merry Christmas, my dear, and uh, God bless to each and every one of you. Thanks, Ted. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.